Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Is that how you feel? Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles and you would like to go with me, amen, to the book of Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 26. I have a lengthy passage, but if you'll bear with me, we'll get through it. Amen. Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. I'm just going to go ahead and hit it. Amen. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then, then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so openeth he not his mouth. And his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of another man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Amen. I want to preach to you on this subject here. Salvation is for everyone. Salvation is for everyone. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your spirit that we feel in this place. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would meet us here. Lord, your presence and your spirit is already here. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for the power that is already here. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Acts chapter 8 gives us a triumphant ending to what could have been a tragic story. While we don't know how the eunuch story is in its entirety, we can infer much of, this, of his sad narrative. He was probably born into slavery, or at least he became a slave at a young age. His cruel master, to ensure that he would never grow to full maturity and masculinity, would mutilate his body for their own convenience. 
And in the midst of his sad beginnings, a wise and accountable young man would emerge. He would somehow set himself apart from the rest of the captives in his land. Much like the Old Testament hero Joseph, who was blessed and accomplished even while in captivity, this eunuch found favor with the powers superior to him. Verse 27, that he was a man of great authority under Queen Candace, who had in charge of all her treasure. He was no ordinary slave. He was not considered a a flight risk by his masters. And so Queen Candace had come to respect him dearly, and she gave him great authority and placed him in charge of all of her treasure. In spite of his disadvantages, he had prospered. He had risen above his circumstances and had become an important person in his world. However, there was still something missing. He was not fulfilled with achievement, authority, respect, or wealth. And likewise, you and I will never be fulfilled with these things in this world because nothing in this world will satisfy your soul. This young man had reached for everything that his world could offer and yet he still longed for something more. No doubt he searched high and low for something that would fulfill, yet he always fell short. Then one day he heard of an ancient people who were blessed by God. He hears the stories of plagues and powerful prophets and a personal God. He thought to himself, this is what I'm looking for. A God who would love me, a God who would save me, a God who would heal me, a God who would be interested in knowing me. I will go to Jerusalem and I will find the answer of my soul's desire. There I will find the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. There I will find the God who led Moses and his people out of Egypt. Verse 27 makes it clear the reason why he went to Jerusalem. He went to Jerusalem to worship. He didn't go to Jerusalem to see the sights. He was not there on a fact-finding mission. He was not there as an ambassador of Queen Candace. He went to Jerusalem to meet and to worship God. He began a journey that would be nearly 1,500 miles one way by chariot. This journey was going to take months, time. He was going to, to, he was an important person and he would have a large caravan. They would uh, have been packing food and preparing for the long journey. Then finally he arrives in Jerusalem and the first place he goes to is the temple. Surely he will meet someone who could help him there. Who could explain to him the scriptures and introduce him to this God. What happened next he could not expect. At the gate stood a strong armed temple guard. He blocked the path of the eunuch and forcibly expressed to him, You sir are not welcomed here. You cannot enter the temple. You are not an Israelite. And to make matters worse, you are a eunuch. His clothes, his complexion, his caravan were a dead giveaway. This man did not belong in the temple. Deuteronomy chapter 23 and Leviticus 21 clearly states that a man with deformities and blemishes could not enter into the congregation of the Lord. And a eunuch without doubt carried blemished and wounds and deformities in the eyes of the Old Testament law that disqualified him from worshiping like everyone else that day. 
You know, there are a lot of people today who believe that I am disqualified. I carry scars. I carry wounds. I carry embarrassment. I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. I'm from the wrong family. I'm from the wrong culture. I'm from the wrong background. I, I could never be accepted in the house of God. I would never be invited if they found out who I was, if they knew what I have done. I would never be accepted there. And unfortunately, so many people today believe that. There are so many things that prevent people from getting to the house of God. Amen. A lot of it is because we don't feel worthy. I'm here to declare to you, you're not worthy. And guess what? Neither are any of us in this room. There's none of us, amen, that are righteous. No, not one. If it wasn't for the grace and the mercy and the love of God, I don't know where I would be today. I'm so thankful for his faithfulness, for his reckless love. Amen. I'm so grateful for what he has done for me. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it. Amen. But that's the God that we serve. Amen. Don't let that hinder you from being in his presence today. Don't let that hinder you from stopping short of what God wants to do in your life. You're not worthy. You don't deserve it. But guess what? He loves us anyway. Hallelujah. Lord, just give the hand, Lord a hand clap of praise. So many things preventing us, trying to hinder us from stopping us to get into where we need to be. This man was turned away. He had, did not get all that he had came for. Just another disappointment, another hindrance, another, another person telling him that he wasn't good enough. I don't know about you, but I've experienced that in my life. Where someone looked at me and said, you just don't have what it takes. There's nothing more heartbreaking than someone that does not believe in you. Or someone who thinks that they're better than you. Or someone that thinks you just ain't got it. And so, this young man, no doubt feeling disappointed, frustrated. I mean, he'd just spent all this time and money and effort to get there and at least he was able, because he had a little bit of money, to buy a scroll. He bought the scroll of Isaiah, which of course probably would have been extremely expensive in that day. But he was able to buy the scroll of Isaiah. And he gets into his chariot. And he starts going back. He decides... That while he's traveling back, he would take time and read the scroll of Isaiah. And he's getting pretty far into the book. He's in the desert. And here he comes across Isaiah chapter 53. And he's reading, but yet he doesn't quite understand all that he's reading. He's hungry. He wants to know God more. 
He wants to know God in a more personal way. And he's looking at Isaiah 53 and he's asking himself this question. Who is this guy that the prophet's referring to? Is he referring to himself? Is he referring to someone else? What's going on? And all of a sudden, a man comes by his chariot. and says, do you understand what you're reading? And he, in almost frustration, he, he looks to the man who he doesn't know yet. And he says, how can I? Except a man should guide me. I'm just hungry. I, I want to know what's in the word. I want to know what this God is all about. But I just, I'm struggling. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. Can, can somebody help me? Can somebody point me in the right direction? I'm so glad by the that there was a man by the name of Philip who was in a revival in Samaria. But he obeyed the voice of the Lord and he left uh, the revival and he went to a desert place and he happened to find this man uh, in the chariot. Uh, I'm so glad for those who are willing, uh, amen, to leave, uh, amen, the revival setting, the comfortable setting, uh, amen, and go out to a desert, uh, amen, travel to a desert, try to figure out the logistics of getting to that place uh, to find someone who is hungry. To find someone who is searching. And I love this scripture so much. He just opened up Isaiah 53 and let's talk about it. And from that scripture... The Bible says that he preached to him Jesus. Isaiah 53, I think what got maybe his attention is verse 10. It says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. There's something about this one who he was cut off before he the Bible says he could declare his generation. What does that mean? It means he died before he could have children. And, but then yet you see where you, this man has seed. And that's confusing. Because he says he was cut off from the land of the living, yet he has seed. He did not have seed, but yet he does have seed. And, and I think something stirred within the heart of that Ethiopian, because see, Ethiopians can't produce children. Not Ethiopians, eunuchs. 
Excuse me. Whoa, I messed up there. Amen. Eunuchs can't have children. And so I think there was this fascination with, with what's going on here. And so you have Philip and he preaches to him Jesus. Now, what does that mean? What, is, what in the world did Philip preach? Well, I can probably tell you what he preached. He no doubt preached the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He preached that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And that he lives forevermore. And that's how he could be cut off, killed, died but yet still have seed because he rose again. How could one die and still, and while not having children, but yet rise again and have children? Because it's not just physical children, of course, spiritual children, but he's alive. And, and I, I just think that, that he just kept going. Isaiah 54 talks about the everlasting kindness and mercy of God. And Isaiah 55 recalls that there is a call to anyone who is thirsty to seek the Lord while he may be found, to repent, to, to let the wicked forsake their way, and I will forgive them. I'm sure that he, he told him in order to be saved, you must repent of your sins, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then he comes to Isaiah chapter 56. And I just think this is what sealed the deal for the eunuch. Isaiah 56. I, I, I want to just read it to you here. Beginning in verse 3. Isaiah 56 and verse 3. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. I'm sure the eunuch said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on here? They're talking about me. Have you ever read the Bible and it just seems like it's speaking directly to you? Have you ever heard a message? Man, that was just for me. That's what the word of God does. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs, I keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house within my walls a place and a name better than, the sons, than of sons and of daughters. And I will give them an everlasting name shall not be cut off. I don't know what that does for you. But when I read that scripture. And I can put myself in the position of that man. That says hey you can't have children. And you, 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 you can't have a seed. You can't have generations to follow you. But I will give you a name. That's far better. That will be from everlasting to everlasting. I will give you a name. that will not be cut off. Can you imagine what that must have done? 
into that heart of that man? You mean to tell me that I can have an inheritance that, that can be passed on that will never die? I can have something that's special. And I think that's probably where the Ethiopian man said, Oh, look, there's water. I want that name. I want the name applied to my life. I want that everlasting name that shall not be cut off. I've got to have that name applied to my life. Uh, you see, I can't have children, uh, and I'm an outcast in many circles, uh, and I, I don't I don't belong in so many places. Uh, and man, I long, I long to have a family. Uh, I long to have a wife. I long to have children. Uh, but this is something, uh, amen, uh, this was something far greater than sons and daughters. This was something far greater, a name, a name that will last for all eternity. Let's apply the name. And Philip said, let's do this, man. Hey, do you believe? And he says, yes, I believe. Is there anything stopping me from going into the water and taking on the name? And Philip said, no, it's for everybody. Salvation is for everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care your background, your race, your position, your status. Salvation is for everyone it goes on to say that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations the Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. I just love how God, he reaches for the broken. He reaches for the hurting. He reaches for those who are wounded. For those who have scars and, and blemishes and, and pain in their life. God searches for those uh, who have been outcast, uh, who have been set aside, uh, who have been ostracized. Uh, and he'll take a preacher from a red-hot revival in Samaria to go to a desert to find uh, the one uh, who is hungry. Uh, don't tell me that God doesn't love. Uh, don't tell me that God doesn't care. Uh, don't tell me that God isn't interested uh, in you. Uh, oh, if he did it for the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, that's the God of God that I serve. But you don't understand my pain. You don't understand where I've been through. You don't understand my hurts and my wounds. You don't understand what I've done. I'm guilty. I understand that. I acknowledge that. Yeah, but his grace is sufficient. His grace is more powerful than your background, than your circumstances, than what life has thrown at you. His love is greater. His, his mercy is in, endures forever. There's nothing you can't do 
to stop his love. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass in the last days, Acts chapter 2, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This thing is for everybody. Amen. Salvation is for everyone. Forgiveness is for everyone. Life is for everyone. Amen. It's for your sons and it's for your daughters. They're going to prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants and on my handmaidens. Uh, on those that are in the lowest of low. Uh, the servants, the, the handmaidens, the, the people that, 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 that people just don't think about when they walk into a room. Uh, they're wanting to find the, the, the owner of the house. They're wanting to find the, amen, the honored guest. Uh, amen. Nobody pays attention to the servants. Nobody pays attention to the handmaidens. But God pays attention. Amen. He said in his book, my spirit is for everyone. It's for the old. It's for the young. It's for the boys and the girls. Amen. It's for white, black, Hispanic, Asian. Amen. It's for Haitians. Hallelujah. It's for Dominicans. It's for Swedens. It's for Andorans. Hallelujah. It's for Spaniards. It's for people from Illinois. It's for everybody. God's love is for all. Oh, I felt unworthy. I felt undeserving. I felt many times where God may would be better without me. That's a lie from that enemy. Amen. He went to a cross and he died. The scripture says for the joy that was before him he endured the cross. He did all of that for me and he did all of that for you. Don't don't run away from his presence. Don't, don't stop short of his presence because you feel like you're unworthy and you're not deserving. I serve a God who says I love you. I want you. I desire to have you in me and me in you. Is there anyone who feels what I feel? Is there anyone who knows what I know? Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus, whom you crucified. I mean, we, we take that scripture figuratively and metaphorically because it, our sins is the what, what put him on the cross too and we're just as guilty. But Peter was talking to people who literally crucified Jesus. Who not just a, maybe a little over a month before said that they would prefer Barabbas to be freed than for Jesus to be freed. These are the people in mob mentality who started cruci saying crucify him, crucify him. Many of those people, hallelujah, were the same people that Peter preached to. And he said, you, you who crucified him. Wow. They heard this. They were pricked in their heart. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? 
How can we correct this? How can we solve this? Is there anything we can do to, 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 to fix what we have done? And Peter said, yeah, you can repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto you. It's unto people who literally crucified him. So don't ever think, don't ever, ever, ever think that you're not worthy enough to enter into his presence. There ain't nobody worthy enough. Amen. There's no one that's worthy. If the promise is for those who said crucify him, then it's for me today. It's for you. It's for your children. And those that are far off. That's in distance and in time. To the uttermost parts of the earth. To those uh, who are afar off in time as well. Thank God when he was on the cross and he was dying for my sins. Uh, amen. He looked through all space and time. And he saw us. He saw us right here in this worship service. Uh, it's for you. It's for your children. It's for all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Uh, he's calling us today. He's calling you today. Uh, I don't know who's here. Uh, uh, who's never experienced. Uh, amen. The baptism of the Holy Ghost by evidence of speaking in tongues. Uh, I would assume the quite majority of us here have experienced that. I will also assume uh, that most of us have been baptized and buried in his name uh, amen but there may be some here uh, who I don't know you uh, amen but you've never been baptized in his name uh, and you never received the gift of the Holy Ghost by speaking in other tongues uh, I'm here to proclaim to you that that promise uh, is available uh, and it's ready for you uh, because salvation uh, is for everybody Maybe uh, you have uh, had that experience, uh, but yet you failed uh, and you've fallen uh, and you've made mistakes uh, and you don't feel like you're worthy. I'm here to tell you that's a lie. Uh, that's a lie. There's a God who loves you, who cares for you. All you need to do is find a place of repentance. And the scripture says it like this. Uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we confess him. So why don't we stand here today? Oh, Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we fail and we fall and we struggle. Hallelujah. But if you're the God of the Ethiopian eunuch... If there's hope for him, there's hope for me. If there's hope for him, there's hope for me. Because God likes taking outcasts and, and rejects and people from the society that, that most people would discard. God loves taking those kind of people and changing them. And giving them hope, giving them life, giving them a future, giving them prosperity.
because he does it because he gets the glory. I don't know if there's anybody here today who feels what I'm feeling. But I I want you to know that you serve a God who loves you. Who wants to see you saved. Who wants to see you healed. Who wants to see you restored. Don't let the devil tell you lies. That says you're not worthy of his love. You're not worthy of his forgiveness. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. The God I serve has reckless love. The God that I serve leaves the 99. The God that I serve sends a preacher to a desert. The God that I serve says, I got to find him. I got to tell him I love him. I got to show him my mercy. Can we all bow our heads, please? Close our eyes. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to encourage someone today to cry out to the Lord today. I want to encourage someone who is thirsty to come and drink. If you're hungry, for God to touch you and change you. His love is here. He will wrap you in His arms. You don't have to run from Him. You can run to Him. I encourage you to come down to the altar and pray. The altars are open. Take some time and lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your voice to the Lord. Allow God to love you. Take some time to repent of your sins. And He will wrap you in His arms. And He will forgive you. He will make you new. If you've never never been baptized in His name, you can take on that everlasting name that's far better than sons and daughters. You can take on His name. Jesus. Lord, I pray for restoration. I pray for healing. I pray for your anointing to touch, to move, to restore. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Oh, restore unto me. Oh, I give you myself, Lord. Oh, I give you myself, Lord.